everybody. Welcome to Encouraging Experience Podcast, a ministry of Experience Church in Des Moines, Iowa. I'm your host, Dave Garza, and I'm really excited to be here today as this is our big grand episode. This is our first full episode here as a ministry at Experience Church. We are excited and we are so encouraged. We want to get out and encourage you on a weekly basis with multiple episodes of interviews, sermons, uplifting topics. We just really, our hearts are focused on reaching the world to encourage other churches, other ministries to get out here and do what we are doing. Let's flood all of these platforms with positive, uplifting messages so that we can build each other up. And not only that, but so that the ultimate goal that we are building up kingdom of God. Praise God, everybody, that we have these these avenues that have been provided for us that were not originally meant for good, but God is going to get glory out of it. Amen. We are here together to build each other up. That is what we are called to do. I want to give a special thanks to Pastor Charles Cole and to Experience Church staff and board for adopting the podcast in so that we can be more effective, so that we can impact more people, and so that we can do this as servants to the kingdom. Amen? Amen. So moving forward, I want to initially get some uh, announcements out uh, from Pastor Abby Cole at Experience Church, and she's going to give us some um, our weekly announcements for Sunday morning. Here are this week's announcements. Men, you are invited this coming Saturday, January 6th, for men's breakfast at the Hilltop at 9 a.m. Invite a friend and come on out for great community and good Sunday, January 14th, we'll be having a brief meeting after service to learn or relearn how to use Raise Right. Raise Right is a simple way to fundraise for our church with different ministries or events throughout the year. Or if you're just curious on how it all works, please join us in the lobby right after service on January 14th. Sunday, January 28th, right after service, we'll be having an all-kidsmen meeting for those who are currently serving or those who may be interested in serving in our kids' ministry. Experienced Kids serves infant through fifth grade in three age-appropriate rooms on Sundays and Wednesdays. If you're interested in learning more about how you can get involved, please plan to join us. Watch is included. That's all for our announcements for this week. Grab a bulletin in the back, follow us on our Facebook page, and download the Church Center app so you can stay connected and be involved. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor Abby, for those announcements this week. And also, we want to encourage you for Sunday morning service at Experience Church in Des Moines, Iowa, located at 2559 East Euclid Avenue. Sunday morning, we'll be getting a message from Pastor Charles Cole, a New Year's message. It'll be fantastic, guys. So if, you, if you're in the local area or even a little bit of a travel, we would love to have you come join us. The doors open at 9 a.m. Come grab a cup of coffee and a donut and some fellowship with some really great people. If you're need, needing loved on, I'm telling y'all right now, this is the place to be. You can't find better people who love God and love you and together want to build each other up. Worship is fantastic, and we're just going to worship God together, a chance to get up and get some prayer at the altar, and to just, in fellowship, and join together as one accord to worship Father in heaven. Amen? Amen. So, Sunday morning, going to be real great. Also, guys, Wednesday nights, we have our weekly classes for 
We have a nursery. We also have children's classes. We also have teenage classes for the youth with Pastor Matthew Cole. And we also have adult studies from Pastor Kurt Veenstra. Uh, the doors open at 6.30 p.m. in the evening on Wednesdays. Classes begin at 7, and they run until 8 p.m. We are really excited. Bring the whole family. There's something for everybody for all ages. So just get the family. Come on, or just come alone. Come check us out. Come let us love on you, and come fellowship and become part of the family. Amen? Amen. Well, to pick this off, everybody, I thought what would be most appropriate as we move forward. Our first initial message is going to be titled, We Are Encouraged to Encourage. Because if you just listen to the name, that's what we're here to do. We're here to bring you an encouraging experience. We're not going to beat you down. We're not going to argue over details and things like that. We are simply here to lift you up and draw you to the kingdom of God as we are all called to do. Amen. All right. So, the summary of the message today is that as Christians, we should encourage one another through our words and our actions. We are encouraged to encourage. So just to start off, I wanted to share just a short little story that walks us right into encouragement. Now, there's a story of an old preacher who was leaving a church. At his farewell dinner, he tried to encourage one of the founding members that looked really, really sad about the situation. So the preacher said, don't be sad next preacher might be better than me. The lady looked at him and replied and said, that's what they said before you came, and it just keeps getting worse. Now, that wasn't very encouraging, was it? Not for him to hear, not for her to say, and not for the people around to hear, because we got to remember that our words travel, okay, and, and it can get broken up, so that one statement could have been absolutely detrimental to people because of the discouragement and the negativity in it. It wasn't very encouraging, but we all know that we are in desperate need of encouragement in every single one of us. And this whole life that we live, it can be challenging at times, and we all need to be encouraged. We don't need somebody else kicking us while we're down. We all need someone to lift us up. Amen? That's what the body is here to do. We should be lifting each other up and elevating each other above all of the trials and circumstances that come against us that the world brings. Something that I had read that I just thought was really fantastic and I wanted to share was June 18th, 1956, a freak accident had happened on a lake in New York. A speeding motorboat bounced on a wave and had shot into the water two of its passengers. One was a 50-year-old man and the other was a little girl. To keep her from drowning, the man held her head above the water while the boat circled back to pick him up. They were able to rescue the girl. The man sank and drowned. That's how a man named Dawson Trotman died. He was the founder of the Navigators. It was an international discipleship ministry. And according to a quote in Time magazine, it said, he lived to save others. His death was just the way he would have planned it. In his obituary, someone wrote that he died just the way he lived always lifting someone up. Man, what a legacy. What a legacy to leave behind, to be known, even in your obituary, even in the hearts and minds of people when you left this earth, to be known as someone who always lifted others up. Not like the first little example that I gave you with a church conversation with the preacher and the woman, but this one 
this one really builds it up to give us something to strive for. I mean, a, a legacy to leave behind of always being someone who is encouraging others. That's, that is amazing. It has taken me, myself, personally, many years to learn that just one good word, one single word of encouragement can inspire and physically help people. And it's true. That's not just a corny saying. It's not just a, oh, well, yeah, everybody says that. But it can truly change somebody's life. There was a study done using children and the effects that encouragement has on them. These psychologists, they hooked up these wires and all these sensors to these children, and they would either use encouraging words and gestures, or they would use discouraging words and gestures. What the study had proven was that when children were encouraged, their physical energy would increase. And when they used the discouraging words and gestures, the energy level of the kids would drop immediately and dramatically. So see what the impact of your words can do? I mean, granted that this study was, they were using children, but they've got more innocence than we do. And we can be sure that in the mindset of things, that if it worked on kids, it probably works on adults too. Amen. So should we not be out here pouring out encouragement rather than discouragement? We all need some encouragement so that it can physically build us up. So our mental state can be positive and encouraged. So we're not focused on the negativity of the world that already consumes us. Now, we all like to receive encouragement, or encouragement, don't we? I mean, I know I do. I know I need it on a daily basis. Otherwise, it's easy to get caught up in the woe is me kick and, and, and let the world overcome me. But my prayer is that through this message today, that God will inspire you to become an encourager. So I want us to look at one of the great encouragers in the Bible. In Acts chapter 4, verse 36 is the first time that we hear this man we're going to talk about. The church, it was young. It had really just gotten its start there in Jerusalem, and all of the church was in one accord, is what the scriptures tell us. The apostles were preaching and teaching every day, and more and more believed that Jesus was their long-awaited Messiah, and they were placing their faith in him and what he had done on the cross for them. They were excited, and they were on fire for God. And the scripture says that they were selling their properties so that everyone in the church would be provided for. There is one man, though, who is singled out for his generosity and encouragement of others. Just one. But let's read our scripture and figure out who he is. Verse 36. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. So. We are already meeting him. His name originally was Joseph, but they had nicknamed him Barnabas, son of encouragement. Man, I, I, I know if somebody's going to give me a nickname, that's the one I'd go with. I've been called many things, but I don't know if son of encouragement is one of them. <laughs> Amen. But, you know, uh, what, how uplifting. So we know that his name was Joseph, but we don't know him by this name. This is the last time that his proper name is used in scripture for him. His nickname was Barnabas. The, the apostles gave him a nickname. And I mean, look at how many of us have been given nicknames. As I just said, I, I know a lot of us have nicknames, but they had meaning, right? They may not have been great. They were probably worldly, but 
We've all had nicknames, right? Well, names, they had a deep meaning back in Jesus' day. And it meant son of encouragement or encourager was the meaning of Barnabas. Barnabas's character as an encourager was so well known, they actually changed his name. His nickname became who he was. As you look through the New Testament, you will find that everywhere he went, Barnabas was an encourager. Everywhere he went. You could just look at Acts chapter 11, verse 22 through 24. And it reads, when the church at Jerusalem heard what had happened, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw this evidence of God's blessing, he was filled with joy. And he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith. And many people were brought to the Lord. See, the church was expanding and starting to reach the Gentiles. When the church in Jerusalem heard about this, they sent the encourager. They sent Barnabas. Everywhere Barnabas is present, you will find encouragement going on. Even when the great apostle Paul was angry with John Mark and didn't want him to be part of his ministry team anymore, Barnabas chose to stay and encourage John Mark. He didn't choose to put him down and beat him down. He chose to stay and encourage him. If we look at Acts chapter 15, verse 36 through 40, it reads, After some time, Paul said to Barnabas, Let's go back and visit each city we were previously preached the word of the Lord to see how the new believers are doing. Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along John Mark. But Paul disagreed strongly. Since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work, their disagreement was so sharp they separated. Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed for Cyprus. Paul he chose Silas, and as he left, the believers entrusted him to the Lord's gracious care. See, Paul didn't want John Mark with them because he saw him as a quitter, one who wouldn't follow through with his commitments. See, Barnabas saw a young man who was in desperate need of encouragement. And obviously, Barnabas's efforts worked because this young man we call John Mark he is the writer of the gospel as, as recorded by Mark. So this, this episode and, and what happened between them, it happened around 50 to 52 AD. The gospel of Mark was written somewhere around 64 AD. Something happened in those 12 to 14 years to bring John Mark from a young man that wasn't committed to one that wrote boldly about the life and the purpose of Jesus Christ. See, we don't know all that happened, but I can tell you this. I do know that Barnabas had something to do with it by not abandoning him and encouraging and spending time with him rather than kicking him when he was down while rather than taking that one circumstance and focusing on it. He encouraged him. He, 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 he just really lifted him up, spent time with him and encouraged him rather than doing everybody else around was doing rather than going with the status quo that we were just going to, Oh, we're just going to stomp him down for not being committed because don't we all make mistakes? But in the midst of our mistakes, do we need somebody to discourage or encourage? So today I encourage you to be a Barnabas, be an encourager. 
See, the Greek word we translate encourage from is called parakaleo. Now, I'm probably not pronouncing this correctly for all of you Greek majors out there. Feel free to send me a message and correct me. Uh, <laughs> I'm really bad with Greek, guys. But the word that I'm reading is parakaleo. This word in the original form means to call to, call to one side, comfort, console, to strengthen. What a great definition of that word. And when we, when we encourage each other, we walk beside them, which means to share in their life by way of, listen to this, by way of support and strengthening, to come alongside by way of support and strengthening. That's what we need to be doing for each other. That's what the church body needs to be doing for everybody we encounter. Because you got to remember that you may be the only Bible, you as a believer may be the only Bible that some people out there in the world ever read. Your actions, who you are, what your heart puts out, may be the only encounter some of these people have. So wouldn't it be amazing for that example that you left to be a way of support and strengthening in their life? So I want to take a few minutes and look at just how we, believers, become encouragers. The first thing we must realize in order to be an encourager is that encouragement must be spoken. It doesn't do us any good just to think good thoughts about somebody. Okay, it's good to think good thoughts about somebody, but that can't be the only step. We need to communicate. I know that's a hard word, folks. I struggle with it sometimes too, but we need to communicate with people in order to encourage them. We need to learn to speak words that encourage each other and ourselves. In Acts chapter 13, verse 15, it says, after the usual readings from the books of Moses and the prophets, those in charge of the service sent them this message. Others, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, come and give it. See, Paul and Barnabas had just arrived in Antioch and had gone to the synagogue on the Sabbath for worship. What would happen, what, what would happen in those services was the reading of part of what we call the Old Testament. After they did that, people would stand and they would speak on these things. And it's amazing that they looked after this, after the reading of the scriptures, they looked at Barnabas and Paul and said, brothers, if you have any word of encouragement, come and give it. They were looking for words of encouragement. They were seeking it. So they directly asked for it. But we need to remember, not everybody's always going to directly ask for it. We need to learn to be so compassionate and so empathetic and sympathetic in, in situations that we can recognize this in people when they need it. Because we all look for those words of encouragement, words that will build us up, words that will help us in times of despair and trouble, words that will help us stay the course when times get tough, and words that affirm that what we are doing is the right thing. Of course, as long as they're within the will of God. While we need to speak words of encouragement, it's easy to speak words of discouragement also, is it not? I mean, how easy is it? And many times it's easier just to put someone down, ain't it? I mean, I think I, I can relate with that. 
that's where we fall into that gossip thing and to that discouragement is because it's so easy to put somebody down in their mistakes because I mean, you know, if we really, really are honest with ourselves, sometimes we think we have all the answers, right? But what we tend to forget is that we need to be encouraging whether we think we know the answer or not. Listen, the ultimate answer comes from God and we need to encourage them so that they can seek him for that answer. And in falling into that pattern of discouragement, we have to be careful because see, scripture warns us about this repeatedly. If you look in James chapter three, verse two, we see the brother of Jesus write, indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in his mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, now catch this, in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And the tongue is a flame of fire. So we need to remember, brothers and sisters, the words that we choose to speak, that we choose to use, are so, so important to the encouragement of others. And it can make such a difference in others' lives. Now, I want to bring up a point that this is me preaching to myself. I'm not pointing no fingers here. But something I've learned is we need to think and speak slowly. See. I'm sure your mom's used to say it because I know my mom used to say it and she still says it, but she used to tell me that if you don't have nothing good to say, we'll say nothing at all. And I've also heard someone once said that the trouble with talking too fast is you may say something you haven't thought of yet. And that's not okay. We can get caught up in things if we don't think it through before we say it and then we regret it. I can tell you that's where I usually sit. I got a bad habit of that. Speaking quickly and emotionally rather than thinking and speaking, thinking slowly and speaking slowly so that my words are encouraging, not breaking someone down, including myself. If we look at Ephesians chapter four, verse 29, it says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. See, in our society today, we have this huge phenomenon that wasn't present in Jesus's day. We have social networking. We have social media. We have X and Facebook and Spotify and all of these outlets and sites that some, someone like me, who ain't the best at using, but they're there. And we all have it, the access of our fingertips. And this is the way that many of us communicate in our world today. So let me encourage you to think carefully. What you speak through writing or publishing on your social media. Use this great technology to encourage and build people up. Not to tear people down and discourage them. I mean, look at what the world, you, you get on social media, you look at the news, you look at any, any outlet, and it is flooded with negativity. But we are called to be the light of the world and let that light shine among men so it may glorify the Father in heaven. So we have this opportunity to use these platforms. And see, with our voice, when you're speaking with your voice, it's limited by those that are close to you to hear it. But these platforms, 
They can place your words forever in a land of technology. So don't we want to put that legacy of our words and the things that we speak to be encouragement and implanted into social networking and technology world forever? They were positive. So encouragement must be spoken. Fill your mouths and technology pages with words that comfort, uplift, and inspire. Not only do we encourage with our words, but we can also encourage with our actions. I'm sure that you've heard the saying, actions speak louder than words, right? While that may be true in some cases, in the context of using encouragement, they go hand in hand with each other. You can't have one without the other. You need to have the words of encouragement, but also the actions of encouragement, because we do encourage people with our actions as well as our words. So let's look at another example of Barnabas to see encouragement in action. In Acts chapter, verse, chapter 9, verse 26 through 27, it says, When Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers, but they were all afraid of him. He did not believe he had truly become a believer. Then Barnabas, Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. See, Paul was still going by the name Saul at this time. He had been saved on the road to Damascus and had answered God's call to preach and teach others about Jesus. But the problem here was that he was known as a persecutor of Christians, not a follower of Jesus. The Christians in Jerusalem, they were afraid of him. They thought maybe he was trying to trick them. Man, I mean, can you blame them? I mean, look at his actions and who he was. So the actions they had witnessed were not aligning with his words. Think what might have happened had Barnabas not took Paul by the hand and encouraged him to go see the apostles. It would have been easy for Paul just to say, these people don't accept me. Maybe I don't belong here. But he had Barnabas there building him up and encouraging him, telling him, no, they're going to see this. We, gotta, we can't only tell them, we have to show them. Barnabas, through his actions, encouraged and strengthened Paul in his faith and his reputation. Barnabas's actions matched his words, didn't they? So see, the outcome was, was that the apostles were able to see who Paul had become. So folks, our actions need to match our words. If we are truly to encourage people, we have to have them match up. People need, with the word, sometimes they need these actions. And sometimes it's, it, look, I mean, we run into people at church or in, in our day-to-day -day lives who are just beaten down, they're brokenhearted, they're sad. And sometimes they need that warm touch to their heart. Sometimes they just need someone to wrap their arms around them and, and, and tell them they love them. Just the action of comforting and encouraging. I mean, here's a good example of that. Uh, it, it, with with the words and the actions, because occasionally I'll get a card, and I know many of you have from uh, Miss Pam Vance at church. If you miss a service, you're going to get a card in the mail. And what's beautiful about that card? See, a lot of people may not look at it as, oh well, yeah, I got a card. And I'll tell you what, I may be having a bad week. I may be needing a little bit of encouragement. I may be needing to feel loved, and I'll go to my mailbox. And I'll tell you what, if I wasn't at service, card will be there. 
No special occasion, just encouragement because I was not present and she thought about me or she thought about you. Now, while the words are comforting, I stopped and I realized that it took an effort to do this action of encouragement. Most of all, it built me up, made me feel loved. Somebody was thinking about me and it did only take, she had to take the time to write the card, to get the card, to write the card, to mail it out. That took action. Within her action are written the words of her love, her compassion for you, for me, and for those of us who, who, even if you just miss one service, you can bet you're getting that card. But most of all, on top of these words in these actions, we tend to try to figure out, how can I do that? Maybe I don't send cards. Maybe I don't do this. Maybe I don't do that. Most of all, to line up your words and your actions, people need our prayers. It's something that we can all do to be a great encourager. And I'm not just saying, hey, I'm going to pray for you and then not pray for them. Unfortunately, as believers, I think we tend to get in that habit, right? Because maybe we're not confident or maybe we're just, you know, a little introverted or whatever it may be. And we're not confident to pray for someone, but I'm telling you right now that you want to be a real encourager and you really want God to work in your life and in theirs. When you see somebody who needs built up, you need to stop. You need to pray for them on the spot. Yes. If you're going to, if sometimes we are in a rush and I'm not trying to say, it's not okay to say, I'm going to pray for you. But if you're going to say it, you need to do it. Your actions need to match up with your words. And that is the best way that we can build one another up is by praying for them, by bringing them, and by interceding for them to the Lord. That is one of the biggest forms of encouragement we can do. And especially, do you know how much that can impact somebody? Somebody who's not used to that. Somebody who doesn't ever see that. And you say, you know what? I want to pray for you right now. I want to I want to intercede. I want God to take over this situation. Whatever you're facing, we're going to give it to God and we're going to do it right now when you pray for them. Even if it makes them uncomfortable, well guess what? If it makes you uncomfortable, it's probably of God because God doesn't operate in comfortability. He's constantly growing us and shaping us and leading us and teaching us and giving us new things. And when you pray for someone, you are encouraging them. And not only is that encouragement for them, but it's for you. And the Father loves that. So let's focus on that. You want the number one way that you can be an encourager? Let's pray for each other. Let's pray for the lost. Let's pray for the sick. Let's pray for healing. Let's pray for the widow. Let's pray for the orphans. And let's just pray for each and every person because we know that we daily need that encouragement. Amen. So ultimately, guys, we are we can be encouragers by our actions and our words. So I encourage you today, today, let's make that commitment. Let's be an encourager as we enter 2024. Let's lift each other up. Encourage your friends. Encourage your neighbors. Encourage your coworkers. Encourage your enemies. Encourage those who stand against you. Because that's going to, to, to encourage in such a way that you won't ever fully understand what impact you made on them. But we can encourage every single person we encounter. That's what we're called to do. We are called to be the Barnabas. We are called to come out and have 
I mean, how amazing for to get up and at the judgment throne and for multiple accounts of you encountered this person and you encouraged them and pointed them to me. Because let's look at it this way. Is it not the main goal that you never know here how God uses our encouragement to bring people into a relationship with him? And how amazing for that person who doesn't know him to say, hey, they get home after they had an encounter with you, a, a, a servant of the kingdom, a child of God, and they go home and they seek a relationship with God because you were obedient and you encouraged them through prayer. Brothers and sisters, that is the goal. That is what we're here to do. We're not here to point anywhere but to the kingdom. Everything that we do and all the encouragement that we get is to point to the Father. So let's build each other up, everybody. Let's get into this habit and let's make 2024 the greatest year of encouragement. Let's make it a year of Barnabas. Let's make it a year that when people say, no, that person isn't worth it, we say, yes, they are. And we're going to pray them out of that circumstance. And I thank you, Father, that you give us all these opportunities. And I thank you for joining us. I'm excited as we're going to be doing these weekly episodes, hopefully more than one a week. I'm going to try to get a couple in here. We're going to have ministry leaders coming in. We're going to have great interviews. We're going to have upcoming uh, here soon. We're going to have Pastor Senior Pastor Charles Cole with Experience Church in Des Moines, Iowa. He's going to come in, and we're going to get to hear his heart. Where God has been leading him and guiding him in ministry and through his service to the kingdom. And it's just going to be great, guys. And we're going to get other ministry leaders, servants, volunteers. This platform here, it's going to be the encouragement. And we're going to encourage each other to be encouragers. So we need to be encouraged to encourage. Amen. So I thank you for joining us, and let's pray over today's message. Father God, I just thank you for every opportunity that you give and that you bless me with that I am so unworthy of. And God, I just give all glory to you that that whoever hears this podcast, that it, it's not my voice they remember. It's not the things that I said. But simply the word that we read and what you put in their hearts with your Holy Spirit is what they take from this. I pray that they become the encourager that you call us to be, God. I, I pray that you call us to and you empower us to come out of these shells and to be that uplifting voice, that action that people need in their lives today is we are surrounded with negativity and evil and, and, and God we just need you more and more and just overwhelm us all with your presence overwhelm us with your love may may every ear hearing this be just be led to you God His, whoever's listening to this if you, if you don't know the father just cry out to him just I accept you, Jesus, and, and, and just take over my life. I turn away from the, the discourager, the negativity, the provider that I've been for so long as I've, as I've just become a product of the world. God, I want you to remove it, and I turn away from it, and I just accept your son, Jesus, as my life leader, my guide, my, my, my Lord over all, the Lord of my life. I give him lordship in my life and I just want to be that encourager. I want to be that that voice of, of love and compassion that this world needs, God. And 
I thank you again, Father, for all of these opportunities. And, and I just ask that you've touched every heart that hears. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I thank you again for joining me. And as I said, guys, keep tuning in. We're going to have some great interviews. We're going to have ministry leaders come in, come in again. And once again, I want to thank Experience Church and all the brothers and sisters and the staff and everybody involved. They all have hands in this. This is not a one-man show. This is a, a, a church body coming together to get the word out. And we're going to do it as a team. We're going to move forward as a team, as a body, and solely for the purpose that we can encourage you to do the same thing. May your church, may yourself personally, whatever it may be, take advantage of these platforms and become the voice that God has called you to be. Be an encourager, be an uplifter. Let's get negativity out of the way. We all need to stop doing that. A grumpy negative Christian is an oxymoron. That is not what we're called to be. We're here to be positive, uplifting, encouraging, and loving. And let's do that together to benefit the kingdom. So again, I thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Dave Garza, with Encouraging Experience, a ministry of Experience Church in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, we all want you to know that we love you, we appreciate you, we hope we see you in service.